This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to episode 25 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm Esther Newman, and in this episode, I speak to Denise Stevenson. We had a chat at the end of 2020, just before the third lockdown came in. Denise is almost unbelievable. I discovered her by chance as the founder of the Emancipated Run Crew in South London and fell in love with her passion for inclusivity and her joyous approach to running. It was only after stalking her on Instagram for a little bit that I realised that Denise was no ordinary run leader. Denise is a solicitor by day, a profession that she only realised might have a place for her after a black lawyer came to speak at her secondary school. That experience, along with her faith, has had a huge impact on her, not only in terms of her choice of job, but also influencing her decision to then set up a charity, Reach Out to Kids, that does just that, placing BAME professionals in schools to talk about their careers to inspire black and working class kids to enter professions they might not think were open to them. She's had incredible and moving success with the charity, as she discusses here. Denise is also co-host of the brilliant Startline podcast, along with her sisters Jules and Petrina, in which they chat effusively about running and eating and the joy of their many, many half marathons. She talks to me here about her podcast, her charity, the racism she's faced both at work and at racing events, as well as the lack of diversity in races and the lack of progress made by event directors in terms of their marketing and targeting. Get inspired right here and make sure you interrogate your race director the next time we're allowed to race and you realise how few black people are at the start line. This episode is sponsored by ASICS. 
It's so important to make sure you're running in the right type of shoe to avoid the risk of injury and to improve performance. But apparently, 81% of runners are running in the wrong type of shoe. Don't be part of that 81%. Just head over to an ASICS store when they're open or visit their online shoe finder at asics.tv forward slash shoes and speak to an expert who will be able to analyse your foot and stride which is a service they offer completely free of charge and they will help you find the right shoe for you. Just go to asics.tv forward slash shoes to find out all about Europe's number one running brand. My little synopsis of you, right, is not going to be big enough to encapsulate everything that you do. Okay, so this is what I've got for you and... I'd like you to embellish this, right? So I've got you down as you are first and foremost, well, I don't know what you put yourself down first as, but in terms of a career, you're a solicitor. Um, You're the founder and director of a charity to enable children from BAME backgrounds and working class backgrounds to achieve their career aspirations. And you're also the founder of the Emancipated Run Crew. Yes. And you're also a podcaster. Yes. So like you're busy yeah very busy yeah. very busy and, you know and when I tell people this they're like oh Denise going on again but I'm not I'm just like but I always say everybody's busy everybody has a full life and I just think that you know and I've been thinking this more and more actually that you weren't meant to do just one thing you know we I believe in God so I think God's gifted us talents so that we can share and we can benefit others and we can support others. Um, and m- maybe because of the background that I come from, um, working class background, where we had very, very little. Um, I, once I got my partner at my law firm, I thought the first thing I thought was how one of, apart from the shock <laughs> and everything else that came with it, because I didn't expect it. I didn't go for it. I wasn't looking for partnership. It just landed, gifted to me by God. And I thought, Lord, what can I do with it? What can, how can I use this to help others? Because this is not just for me. Um, and I think there is a sense about that in everything that I do. It's not just about how can this benefit Denise? That, that wouldn't fulfill my soul. It's how can I use this to help other people? So with the start line, with the podcast, I mean, that was just my sisters and I went to a stylist magazine live event and we saw some podcasters on a stage, three women. And we were like, we could do that. And then we start, I, I remember taking notes frantically and we were jotting down all the equipment that we'd need. And we, it was just like, it was, it, you know, it was like an epiphany moment. It was just like, yeah, this is, this is. And then it was just like, okay, but what, what have we got to say? What, you know what what and we were just like you know what we'll just be normal and natural and just talk about ourselves as sisters our relationships with each other's each other our love of running Mm -hmm. life and everything else in between so we'll talk about what we love food travel and how we've managed to loop in running into all of that so Jules and I we do two half marathons a year abroad so we combine our love of running travel and eating because after we've done the run, we go and eat and have drinks and blah, blah, blah. and you know. So, so which half marathons? Do you do the same half marathons or do no, you, no, do you no, seek no. out different ones? 
we seek out different ones. So mm-hmm. we've done, shall I run through the list? We're yes, please. We all want to know about the races. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've, we've, we have done a podcast on this called Bridges That We've Travelled. So if anyone wants to listen to it, listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll hear that we've done uh, Madrid, Lena, um, uh, Yeselo, which is on the outskirts of Venice, Copenhagen. Um, did I say Madrid? Yeah, Chicago, Budapest, Chester. (laughs) 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 Hackney, (laughs) I did. Um, Where else? What was our last? Porto we did. Um, I think that is it. So which one stands out? Oh, my God, all of them do for the different reasons. If you ask us which one we loved the most, it would be, well, loved and hated, Porto, definitely. But that was hot. That was 26 degrees all the way through, and it was Ooh. too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Budapest. So both of those, because the scenery was absolutely beautiful, gorgeous, and the atmosphere was just really incredible. And also Budapest, because after we did the run, and we went with our dear friend Jay, but after we did the run, um, she cheerleaded for us. After we did the run, we went and we, we, we spent the afternoon in the outdoor spa. So they've got mm-hmm. these outdoor bath spas which with natural mineral waters. And I kid you not, like usually after a half marathon, we can't walk. We, we literally, <laughs> like, <laughs> days after Budapest and sitting in that bath spa, that rooftop where we had drinks all, all day, um, all afternoon we got out of there and we we didn't we did not feel a thing we weren't stiff it was just yeah let's carry on let's go sightseeing yeah it was just amazing so highly recommended oh that does sound absolutely lovely so then then so you and your sister mm-hmm. you've, if you've got more than one sister I think you have yeah, yeah. so there's three, three sisters and a brother so we've got an elder brother who Clint who who lives in Canada with his wife and four children and then I'm the next one, and then there's Jules, and then there's Pet, the little one, the baby, who's 37 now. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the three of us do the podcast, and we, um, we, we try and touch upon, well, actually, I mean, I think, like I said, we, we wanted to speak about our love of running and life and the things that really impact us, including health. Um, and it's kind of merged into or at least expanded into various reaches of things so we'll talk about um black issues issues that are relevant to us mm-hmm. we'll talk about so we've we had a round table discussion about um did you hear about the killing of Armand Aubrey of course yeah so um after his death and before George Floyd's murder we had a round table um discussion so we had runners from the UK and runners from the States mm-hmm. and it was a mixed um, panel. Um, and, you know, it was, it was very, some of the discussion there was very hard hitting, but I think um, insightful as to the black experience, you know, what is it like as a black runner running? And I talk about this, we talk about this before. So for example, when I first started running and I used to, so this was before Jill started running um, I used to do runs on my own 
So when I did the Hackney Half Marathon, there weren't a lot of black people there, even though it was in the bloody middle of Hackney. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, what is it? What, what, what is it here that's going on? And I think it was just that um, running was historically seen, apart from at elite level, mm-hmm. running as a grassroots sport was seen as primarily white. So primarily for middle-class white yeah. men mainly, and then eventually white women. And it was typical runner's world image, skinny white person. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, well, I can't see myself represented in that space in the same way as if I was a larger person. The world is not like that. The world does not look like that. We're all very different. Um, we all bring a different thing. We're all individuals. So um, publications, magazines, social media, should you not be representing the broad, broader spectrum? So it's those kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. And what was the, um, were the experiences of the, on your round table, what, was there a difference between the experience of people in, in the US to people in the UK? Not really. Um, a lot of similar things were said. Um, depending on where you were in the country. So, for example, if you spoke to runners in Atlanta, which we have spoken to runners in Atlanta, and because they have a very high demographic of people of colour, their experience of runs isn't like ours. However, um, if you spoke to someone else, so someone else was based in, um, it's not Boston, I can't remember, they're going to kick me now, um, but somewhere like Boston, which is very highly segregated, um, that was very much their experience. They would go out to runs and they wouldn't see another black person at the races. So, um, and this lack of representation definitely across the board um, was felt across the pond as well as here. And what about your experience? I mean, hmm. um, I understand about the lack of diversity at start lines of races and it's something we've talked about with a number of our guests on the podcast but I mean I've read things where you've talked about how you've experienced yourself a number of racist microaggressions as as a runner yeah I mean I think um, yeah they, they haven't they haven't occurred often I would say I would I, I've experienced <clears throat> more microaggressions and racism in work Really? In, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, and I, I, I do speak quite candidly about that. Um, at races, um, th- there's been one or two events that I could put my finger on and say, actually, yeah, um, but it's not, it's not frequent. So my experience has more been um, attending different races in different places and thinking, gosh, I'm the only one here. So, mm-hmm. for example. I did the Geneva half marathon years ago on my own. I went on my own, traveled on my own. And I went somewhere like Geneva, you would say, okay, that's to be expected because of the demographic there, but it was still a kind of, wow, of the thousands of people here, I'm really literally the only one. Um, But that didn't, you know, it was head down and let's run because that's what I'm here to do. Um, but when you when you do runs in London, so for example, we've done I, yeah, over years we've done Adidas City runs. When Nike used to do their annual runs 
it was very, very limited, the numbers of people of colour that you'd see. And, you know, they'd be advertising it in London. And for some reason, you know, and this isn't because black people don't run. I mean, we've, we've, we've shown that in, in our running crew, um, black people do run. But the targeting, the marketing, the, you know, the outreach isn't there. Um, I'll give you an example of a microaggression and then I'll come back to running crews in a moment. We did a run, uh, Adidas run. And when we do Adidas runs, so they'll be in Fulham or Shoreditch mm-hmm. or, you know, places like that, Islington, places in pockets of London where you think diverse, right? Yeah. So you'd still do those runs and see very few black people and you would seek out people of colour and say, hi, 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 you're here, yeah, hi. Um, and so one year we went as as a group, I think Emancipated Run, yeah, we were already formed. This must have been last year then, this was last year. And we at the end of the race we came together and we were all kind of lining up to take a group photo in front of the Adidas board. You know, many other people were lining up. So we got to the front of the queue. There was a professional camera guy there um, taking pictures of everybody else when we were waiting. We got to the front of the queue and went to step up and he looked at us and he turned and walked off. He literally just turned and walked away. And we, we were just left there, like, so we're not going to get our picture taken. And there was another photographer who was black who was behind us and saw that and said, it's okay, I'll take your photo. The, like, we watched him go and go to some, another group and take their picture away from the queue of people. And we were just like, and you know, you could explain that away. You could explain that away. But actually, if you didn't watch him stand there and take everybody else's photo, and then he turned and saw us, gathered his stuff and walked off. We were like, and there were people behind us as well. So we were just like, okay, okay, okay. We will take our own photos and we will celebrate this ourselves. And we will announce that we were here because we were here. So it's little things like that. Um, little things like that I mean it's it, it doesn't seem little no it's I mean, not how, how does mean, that make you feel oh I was I was just enraged like mm-hmm. I, I you 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 see red you know you 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 you're just like how bloody dare you how mm-hmm. dare you and actually what we did was we posted about it we we posted our picture on Instagram and my sister did a really really good piece and said this is why representation matters. This is why representation matters because we're here, we're participating in this thing, but people will deny you your presence. Actually, we're here to say that we were at this Adidas run. We were here as a group and that photographer, shame on you, shame on you. But we hashtag them and everything like that. I'm not sure we ever got a response actually, but you know, that's, that's their problem not ours <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah 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 I was going to ask about the emancipated run crew mm. um because um you know you've 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 set this up again with your sister so with my sister and our our running brother we call him our friend Trojan Gordon who's an absolute force for good he took on runners world about their lack of representation so yeah He's a force. <laughs> Good for him. So, yeah, we set that up together. 
last year. So, yeah. and why? Why did you feel like you needed to set it up? Because of that thing that I was talking about, the lack of representation and creating a safe space for people of colour, particularly black people to run. And it goes back to what I was saying about, you know, going to these races on your own and feeling kind of alienated and isolated. Because, you know, normally when you go to scheduled runs, and the only, actually, the only place that I went to where I really felt kind of embraced and included was when I did my Toronto Marathon in 2007. So there people were talking and really cheering each other on and there were older white guys and they were saying, come on, you can do this. We can do this together. We're going to finish. And actually I got injured and I finished the last five miles walking and I walked in with a, with a really kind, again, another white dude who was like, come, we're, we're going to finish this run together. Apart from that, every other race I think that I've done, you've been on your own. No people don't acknowledge you they'll be talking to each other they may have gone with friends but they're there in their groups and no one actually reaches out and say hey you know you're here on your own you know good so you feel a bit isolated Mm -hmm. so we were talking about our experiences of running with Trojan and his experience was exactly the same you can't miss him he's about six foot plus (laughs) you know he's a taller guy with locks you know and um so we we were sharing our encounters and we had we had already started informally kind of running together anyway so we would meet for some of these adidas runs and we would meet for park runs so we had a kind of a whatsapp group that had been going for about four years um which and, and trojan was really trying to encourage people to run with him because he he's really big on the shared experience and having this experience together because, you know, he'd been running solo for such a long time and just wanted to get together a group of people to run. Anyway, so we thought, okay, let's kind of, let's form something together. Let's let's kind of do this and, and make it more formal on WhatsApp. And then, you know, when we can get together physically, we, we will. So then it was only last year, we were trying to come up with different names for the running crew. And we'd, you know, we had let, landed on something silly like, the South Norwood Black Running Crew, which is a bit of a mouthful um, and not very engaging. And then when my sister came up with the name, the Emancipation, Emancipated Run Crew, somebody else called it the Emancipation Run Crew, which we hate, the Emancipated Run Crew. So it was then that everybody really got excited about this thing and was just like, yeah, this is it, you know, this is, this is what we're called and this is, you know, and then we got the T-shirts done and the rest is history, you know, from an idea of three people, we're now 40 plus people in the WhatsApp group. And it's been a real lifesaver over this COVID period because we know that people are struggling. You know, um, they might live on their own or they're anxious. So my little sister suffers from anxiety. Um, You know, you might have a lot of mental challenges and, and people have had a lot of mental challenges throughout this period of time. So to be able to have a group where you can check in every morning or people can check in with you um, and you can post what you're doing. So it's really kept people active. And the thing about the group is that we celebrate each other. We're cheerleaders for each other. Um, and people have said, you know, this is the first time that I have, as a black person, 
have felt really supported and safe and non-judged because you have that in the workplace. You have that in, you know, in an environment where you're in most of the time. Uh, if you think about your working day, you see your working colleagues much more than you see your family in a, in a given day. So, and you do feel that judgment or, you know, th- those microaggressions at work. This is a safe space where you don't have to, you don't have to come with, you know, you don't have to face any of that stuff. We come with love and support and encouragement and guidance and also, you know, telling each other about the bad stuff we're going through, the injuries that we're suffering, that means you can't run and, you know, trying to give each other tips. So um, I think it's important from that perspective. And then when we do come together, and we have, we have managed to run together a few times. Um, so we've participated in various races and we've done runs together. It's lovely. You know, you see the strides that people have made, the journeys that they've made through their running. And it's great. It's and great. You, I mean, you said that you were you were very keen for it to be a group for all abilities. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Why Why is that an important thing for your group? Um, because it means no one's excluded. It, it means that you can, it doesn't matter where you are on your running journey, whether this is the first time you've stepped foot out the front door, whether you can only run for a minute, or whether you've run copious marathons. You feel you'll be held and supported in this space. And it means that you can come and there'll be no judgment. There's no competition. And, you know, our mantra is run free. And we really do mean that. It means you can come, you can run your own race. I'm, I'm big on people being able to run your own race. So it doesn't really, it doesn't matter the, the ability or the size that you are. You know, that's another, that's another area of challenge where people feel, oh my gosh, I'm this size, I can't possibly run. No, no, no. You're, if you get your trainers on and you're out there, you're a runner. So you'll be held as well uh, here in this space and you won't be judged for that. So yeah, it's, 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 that's important. So what kind of people have joined your group then? Gosh, all kinds. So we've got, we've got people, so the age, age range Age ranges from 25, our youngest is 25 to 60. And uh, we're all different in all different ways. So we have people there that are professionals, people there that are, you know, um, running their own thing, people there that are not employed at the moment, you know, teachers, lawyers, all kinds, all kinds you know, we're a mixed group of men and women. And actually it's kind of 50-50 men and women. And people have asked me, uh, and my sister, you know, did you ever think about forming like a women's only group? Um, and we kind we didn't even, we, we, did, we never did have that conversation. We, well, we, we kind of, so pe- women were approaches, approaching us. Um, so on the back of what we did, uh, so we have a, a, a Instagram page called We Run, We Eat. So um, that was another channel for us to share what we were doing and encourage women to run. So a lot of women were asking us, are you going to form a group? Da, 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 da. And we thought, yeah, but we don't want it women only. You know, we don't want it. Um, and, and there is a time and a space for that. And we, we shout out to people like um, Tilly, who does um, Fly Girls Collective and, um, you know, our friend Tash, who does Black Girls Do Run the UK. They're doing fantastic stuff and we support them wholeheartedly but we thought you know let's let's do it a mixed group and actually 
in doing that, it brings a different dynamic to the group as well, which, you know, is very, it's fascinating to me. It's interesting to see how the guys are, you know, and, you know, we're always like, oh God, you know, how is it that you run so fast? It's just not fair. But men are stronger than women. And so we do have to accept that invariably they'll more often than not be running faster than us. And that's okay. That's okay. I might be a little bit competitive in that thing. <laughs> I want to get back to that, those speeds, but you know, it's, it's wonderful. And you know, the fact that we, like one of our, our group, um, Gerard, who has an amazing running, he, he started running a couple of years ago and he's now our Forrest Gump. Yet he runs for miles. He's just like, <laughs> you know, but he'll come on and say, good morning, Kings and Queens. And it's just like, <laughs> so uplifting, you know? So yeah, it's lovely. That does sound really lovely. And uh, you've, um, <laughs> And which leads quite quite easily on to the fact that um, I've read that you you you've talked about how important running is for mental health, mm. um, and you've talked about your sister there um, yeah. particularly. Um, so is is that something that you're particularly passionate about in in kind of uh, in in enabling the runners in your crew? As I've gotten older, yes. So where where I thought about running before it literally was a thing of vanity. I didn't want to be fat and I wanted to maintain a level of fitness. Now, you know, as, as you get older with the stresses of work and life, you need to be able to just get out there and just have this space where you are literally just worrying about breathing. As my sister would say, you know, breathing and putting one foot in front of the other and that you know it channels your focus on just that and also I think it's a I don't talk to him often when I'm out there because I've got headphones on but I I do think it's a lovely way for me to connect with God and have that time with him I think this time more than ever when people are going through so much having that ability to just zone out for a bit whilst you're running yeah, it's crucial. Um, and, and you asked me about the group. Yes. Um, you know, no one's actually confessed to being like depressed or, you know, but we do know that people have had hard times through it. You know, they're supporting people through illnesses or they're facing difficulties in their jobs or whatever it is. And, running gives them an outlet, you know, um, or even just walking. We've got, we've got quite a few walkers, one in particular, Luke, he's a teacher and he is, you know, super, super, super pressurized in his, his, his job. And he posts his walks and he'll, he'll walk for miles, like after work or from work to home, which is a real distance. Um, but you, you can tell that it's, it's helping him. Um, make sense of life do you know what I mean and just give him that space as it does all of us really and I wanted to ask you too about um, this amazing charity that mm. I mean, founded it I think is that right yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. reach out to kids you, you yeah. set this up yeah um, and this really when we spoke before I found this really affecting I think it's it feels like it's doing such important work and I find it surprising that something like this doesn't exist nationally. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's so important. So, um, but I know about it, you know about it. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell yeah. me about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so I set up Reach Out to Kids in 2011 and I set it up, um, as I said, after I got made partner at my old law, law firm um, because I, well, God gave it to me first and foremost, but I was sitting there thinking about my life and the fact that I, ne- I needed to give something back. I had done this journey of coming from a council estate, really deciding at 14 that I wanted to become a lawyer through watching programs like LA Law and Cosby Show and stuff like that, <laughs> seeing those shoulder pads and thinking, I want them. <laughs> I want the big hair and the big office and I want, I want to stand up in front of a judge. Anyway. Um, it, hang on a second. Is it actually like LA Law? No. Oh. No. <laughs> That's disappointing. <laughs> No, it's not. Um, and um, I was disappointed to find out many years later. <laughs> but, um, but the so, but but the, the the point was that I thought, as a black girl from a council estate, I couldn't do this thing here because I've never seen, and I'd never seen another black person within that profession. Didn't know anyone. My parents didn't know anyone. I didn't have anyone to guide me or navigate me through that process. But my head teacher got wind of the fact that I wanted to do this. And he handed me a book called The Introduction to Law. And he said, if you're serious, let's talk. But, it, but, but, what, but the catalyst for that was a black barrister coming to our school and speaking to us about his career. And then my jaw dropped to the floor. I've told this story so many times. Jaw dropped to the floor and I just thought, oh my gosh, here is somebody who is black, who can, who's done this thing that I want to do. And I've never seen this before. And it changed my life. It really did. And then from then it was a real struggle, but I qualified in 1999 and um, it was really hard. It was really difficult. And I, I faced a lot of racism, a lot of bullying throughout that journey so much so that I got ill myself. I think um, some form of eating disorder. Um, and and I just thought, why should children have to struggle like that? You know, mm. because they're not in the right social demographic or because they have, they, they have different skin tones. It really shouldn't be that way. So... Um, when I started thinking about what I was going to do with this gift that God had given me through partnership, because I felt a really big hole in my chest, which was, there's no purpose there to me. I'm I'm useless. I'm not doing what I should be doing. And then he told me what he wanted me to do. That was it. It just filled that gap. And I thought, right, okay, all right, God, you win the argument. We're going to go into schools and speak to young people um mainly of color but any child who is um whose parents are poor um and we will help them so we take black and asian professionals and business people into schools to help young people with their career aspirations um and we do careers workshops cv and interview workshops we do industry days where we take young people students into various industries. So we've done Google, Ford, 
uh, the Telegraph, Universal Music, um, uh, what we call Legal London. So we've taken them to the High Court, the Old Bailey, and they've dined at the one of the Inns of Court, which means that they dine in the equivalent of, imagine Hogwarts, right? Where that's they how dine I imagine it, yeah. Long tables, <laughs> yep, that's where they were. And we tell them, those young children, that you have every right to be here as anyone else. If you have the desire and the will to do this, work hard. It's a struggle, but you'll make it. That message is very difficult to communicate now more than ever, but they need to hear it. And, you know, in, in everything that I've done, I'm not to brag and boast, but just to be factual about it, I started 10 paces behind most of my peers, you know, but yet still I sit in a meeting and I have to lead meetings of multi-million pound projects um, with that knowledge that I've come way behind you. But I'm, I, I can look with a different focus on some of these things because of my experience behind me. So, um, and that's not to say that I'm fantastic or great, just that I bring a different lens and those children can bring a different lens. And as companies, surely that's what you want because that's going to benefit your bottom line if we're going to look at it in a kind of a very stark way in terms of money, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, but you're, you're also doing good. Yeah. And um, when we talked before, you did tell me, I think there was um, a success story that you were telling me. Um, can you tell me about some of the kids that you've, yeah. that you've mentored? Yeah. yeah. So, so the one story in particular, um, it's, it's very hard, first of all, to say, sorry, it's very hard, I have to say, to track our mentors because of, safeguarding issues sure. and teachers who don't have the time to kind of share contacts. So, but we managed to keep in, so 10 years, no, not 10 years ago, 2014, God, it's, it's knocking on 10 years, 2014, we mentored 10 black boys who were identified as really struggling. They weren't bad, um, but they needed to kick up the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of them were flunking school and, you know, doing that thing of, you know, bunking off classes and stuff like that. But look, we all did it, right? Um, but the teachers had identified them as being um, on the cusp. So we got their grades initially and they were all predicted Ds, Es and fails, all of them without fail. There was one who had promise, but really didn't really push himself that much. So we had them in the end, we were supposed to mentor them for a year. We had them for nearly two years in the end. Um, We were left with eight. And of those eight, um, remember, they were predicted to fail, most of them. Um, They weren't turning up to class. By the end of it, they were engaged in class. We had a lot of really positive feedback. When it came to their exam results, two of them got A's. So they had a clutch of A's, B's, all of them all of them bar none of the eight passed their exams. Uh, Some of them went to uni. One in particular went to University of Birmingham and he ended up doing a degree. So Mm -hmm. he did politics and uh, economics. He got a two one and he got there and he, even though we lost contact, he remembered rock. He took lessons from rock and he ended up mentoring himself. Wow. Um, 
we managed to get in contact. I got in contact with him. Yeah, I got in contact with him. And he was like, Denise, uh, um, because I think I had touched base with him halfway through his, his degree. And then at the end of the degree, he got in contact with us or I contacted him, I can't remember which. And he was like, rock changed my life. It really did. He said, the lessons that you and Edward Flood, Edward was his mentor, Edward's a barrister and also one of our trustees. He said, the lessons that you guys imparted on me stayed with me throughout university. And I have to thank you guys for what you did. Um, and he's now one of our rock ambassadors. He's really busy at the moment, so we haven't heard from him, but he, he's our rock ambassador. So he will, he's done a, a, a talk for us before to mm-hmm. our young people to say how important it is to stay in education and how, you know, just telling them about his journey, you know, and his, he, you know, he wasn't from a privileged background at all, but now he's changed his life around and he wants to be a quantity surveyor. So we've put him into contact with a quantity surveyor and she's kind of mentoring him throughout this next phase of his, his journey. And I'm super proud. It's like my child. And, you know, it, it was funny because we'd spoken for the first time in seven years. So he's now 21. And to see him, to see his growth, to see what he's been able to achieve. And I've, I always said at the beginning when I started Rock, I always said, God, if we only get one, if we only get one, that would make me cry. And so when he came back and told us, I almost cried. I sat there and I had tears in my eyes and everything. And it was just like, oh my God, <laughs> this is why we do what we do. All of those for me the, the, and, and everybody else that is part of Rock, the sleepless nights, the endless hours, the worry, the stress, the time it takes all of us to put into this endeavour. It's worth it when you hear a story like that come out. So if we can continue to have those stories, then we've, we've done our job. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> you seem to um, support a lot of people. I mean, through the ERC and through Rock, you're supporting a lot of kids and a lot of grown-ups. I, do you get support back? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I get my family is my support. My family is my support. So, you know, my sister and I were really, really close. Obviously, we live together. Um, and uh, a lot of people are like, oh, what are you two still doing living together? You know, you're like two peas in a pod, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's true. But um, she's like my right arm. I couldn't do without her. And I couldn't do without my mum and my little sister and even my brother who's in Canada, you know. Um, we hold each other up, you know, um, and then obviously they're friends of mine, close friends, my sister friends, Jenny and Jay, um, we, you know, we, we support each other, we're there for each other. So yeah, yeah, there is, there is. That's mm-hmm. good to know because you're, you're holding a lot of people up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Denise. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been an honour. Oh, no, don't. It's an honour for me. It's lovely to see you as well. Thank you. You too. (laughs) If you're interested in joining the Emancipated Run crew, check them out on Instagram and keep an eye on Denise. She's clearly not happy sitting still. Don't forget to go to asics.tv forward slash shoes to find out exactly what shoes you should be running in. This episode was recorded over Zoom. The editor and composer was David Newman 
and my mic is the Podcast Pro from Sontronics. Please hit like and subscribe, that way you won't miss the next episode. Did you know you can become a member of Women's Running? For the teeny tiny price of just £8.75 every three months, that's a whopping 35% off, you can join Women's Running and you'll get our beautiful magazine delivered direct to your door, plus tons of other benefits, such as free access to digital back issues, a free month subscription to Move GB Move at Home, discounts off This Mum Runs merchandise and to Girls Run the World training videos and loads more besides. Plus, we're going to be adding more benefits during the year, so this is literally just the start of it. Just go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter WRPOD at the checkout to get your exclusive 35% discount and join us today. We'd love to have you with us. Happy running. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.